Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, it's good to have you back. We missed you. I missed you. I'm, uh, it's not the same without you. You know, we did have our editor, Kirk and Crawford, fill in last week, and he did uh, about as well as he could do. It was fun to talk to him, but he's not Carlos. There's, there's one Carlos. Oh, he gets, so. he gets paid a lot more. That's, that's, that's. I, I, who knows? I mean, he probably your, gave I himself mean, a raise. I mean, who knows? Those are assumptions you like to make. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to make those assumptions. I want to speak with some degree of fact, as much as I can. But uh, in any case, it's good to have you back, man. How you feeling? Good. Um, I have to. I, I do feel uh, a large amount of remorse, though, for you, Sean, because I know that. I know that uh, you're going to pretend that you're completely fine with the Pistons getting the number five uh, pick in the lottery, uh, but I know that this uh, this puts a big dent in the thing that's most important to you as a professional sports writer, which is travel, eating on the company's dime. I'm sure you had plans to go to France. You had plans to go to Summer League in Vegas. Uh, if you had gotten the number one pick with Wemayana, he would have been uh, traveling the globe on the free press's dime. So I, I'm sorry, Sean, but I do feel bad for you. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about the lottery. Obviously, that's the that's the big the big topic. It happened, um, you know, what twenty four hours uh, less than twenty four hours uh, prior to this recording, and uh, and then we're going to talk about the rookie minicamp because you, I think you were not around for that, and you obviously have some thoughts uh, from afar about uh, the the rookie hall and the NFL draft, not the NFL draft, but the the players the Lions got in the NFL draft, and we'll we'll deal with that in the second section. Normally we don't we don't start a podcast with the Pistons over the Lions, but a lot Why of interest. Not? Yeah, there's, well, there's a lot of interest in the lottery. So, so, uh, so let's let's get into that. Let me, let me just let me just address this allegation. The first of all, okay, it, they didn't need the number one pick for me to go to Vegas for the combine. They needed the top three pick, and the Pistons couldn't even manage <laughs> that, right? <laughs> They, 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 what, they was, okay, even, what was your reaction when they flip over the card? Number five, worst record in the league by by a little margin, right? Three games or so, and they get the fifth pick. How? What? What was your instant gut reaction? Uh, my instant gut reaction was I, I I didn't expect him to get the number one pick. I mean, the odds were sort of against it, obviously, right? They, the the odds were that they got the number five pick if you're just going by the math. 52, 53%, whatever it is. It's not over 47% that they get one of the top four. That's not, that's not um, a huge, huge number. But my, my first gut reaction was that the fan base was going to go crazy. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really what Why? I thought about. Why was the fan base going to go crazy? Because, and I wrote, and, and this is something that I didn't write about the, the fan base's reaction completely, but this is something that I just finished writing, actually, Carl. It's a, a, a column that'll, uh, be out by the time this this pod drops, but just and we can talk about this. But just this idea that um, okay, I don't I don't want to give you too long an answer here because we're gonna let's delve I into this for a as, 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 as we go through this on lottery picks and odds and percentages. But go no, ahead, no, you yeah. asked me why. I said my my gut, reaction, gut reaction was the fan base is gonna go crazy. That was okay. that was, that was my gut, gut reaction. reaction. Okay. And you asked right. why, and then and you why? asked why. So the why is, I think we it's not that we're spoiled. But I think here, here's what I think. This this is the most condensed I can put this. For the last thirty years, the three non Lions teams have had long runs of success. <laughs> that only the Tigers didn't win the national championship or the, excuse me a, a title. But they were amazing all, though, for a while. 
No, it, it it really was. And if you start with the wings, who won four? Let me just let's just run this down. You can tell me what you think of this. We start with the wings, and I I wrote all this this morning. They won four cups and made the playoffs for twenty five straight years, and obviously had other deep playoff runs other than those four cups. Lots of them. So there's that. So that's record. That's historic stuff. Maybe not the four cups. But kind of for that era, it is. But the but the playoff appearances, dynasty. The Pistons twice um, had long runs. Uh, the first time they won two titles, went to three straight finals and five straight Eastern Conference finals, and were overall relevant for a decade. When they got good again, they won one title, went to two finals, and went to six straight Eastern Conference finals, and were relevant for probably a year or two after that, or not after that, but on either side of that. Um, especially before, because they before they you know, they lost a couple times in the playoffs before they first started that conference finals run. The Tigers got to two World Series, didn't win it. We would think a little differently if they'd won one. They got to two World Series, but were a playoff contender, a relative and a relevant team for about a decade. So those three teams over the span of about 30 years had not unprecedented success, but but they weren't flashes in the pan, right, Carlos? They weren't just, oh, we're really good for a year, we have this magical run, and then we go away for a decade. All three of them had incredible runs of success. So now we haven't had any of that for, what, eight, nine years, maybe 10, depending on the team. And this losing, and this is a normal cycle for normal cities. I mean, it's a little bit long. We're the longest in the country right now, and uh, that's been laid out by lots of different outlets, including us, but... So, so it feels it's the psychology of all that winning now with the losing. And, and not only that, Carlos, none of them being good at the same time. The problem was all three of them were kind of good at the same time. At least they had some overlap, especially the Pistons and the Wings. And so it, it, it's starting to feel like poor us, Detroit versus everybody. I saw last night, oh, it's rigged. You know, we just need to move the, you know how many people I saw suggest they just need to move the franchise? I mean, move the franchise. Yes, I saw this last night. It was just, now, I know that's in a minority, but uh, but yeah, like we're never going to be good again. And and by we, I mean just Detroit, that none of these teams are ever going to be good again because it can feel like that at times. So that's why I thought the fan base is going to go rigged. Not because, not go crazy, not because they didn't get Wembenyama, Victor Wembenyama, but because they went from uh, the worst record to fifth. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's definitely part of it. You know, is that is that it's been a, it's been so long since the Pistons have been relevant. Um, but it's also it's also your fault. People like you, Sean, calling Wembanyama generational talent, generational talent. He can do. He's amazing. He's amazing. So it, it's not even like when they got Cade, when they got the number one pick a couple of years ago, got Cade, good player but not a generational talent you know whatever that means i guess but you know you're michael jordan types right um lebron so i think this is that i mean i mean you know doing i know you you don't think i know anything about basketball i think they i think they play with the round spherical object but anyway um i I, you know watching a little bit of the highlights of of his play yeah he's amazing he's like you know eight feet tall and whatever and and he can, you know, he can play defense, and he can he can shoot from outside. He can shoot. He can just everything. He does everything. Great. I would have wanted to watch him play. I'll probably watch him play when he comes to Detroit at some point. You know, with the Spurs, uh, it'll be fun to to see that he's just a, he's just one of these crazy you know freaks of nature that you're that you just marvel at if he you know hopefully it all works out. 
But I think that was wise. Like you have the, the team had the worst record. You know, the fans had to suffer through so much. And you think, all right. And it's not even they got the second or the third pick, which they had the same odds of getting, you know, as uh, Houston and San Antonio, but they all the way to fifth, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Uh, you know, and Troy Weavers talked about, you know, well, you know, we'll find a good player and, you know, but you know, they have to be disappointed that they didn't get him. I mean, it's got to be, uh, I think the Spurs, whoever the, the guy was at the podium with the other, you know, uh, proxies uh, at the lottery, and he he did some fist pumping, and yeah, I think it was RC. I think it was RC Buford, their their general manager. Yeah, GM actually. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think I think Ben Wallace should have arm wrestled him. Did you see Ben? I mean, Big Ben look he looked like an angry man up there, just like stone faced, and and I I would have liked to have uh, to seen some kind of no. Know. The 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 last time I saw somebody react, I mean, you know, when we saw footage of the Pistons reacting when they when they won the lottery a couple of years ago, and by the way, they they just won the lottery, as you pointed out, and I and and to call Cunningham a good player, I mean, we don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's all he'll ever be, but he has a he still has a chance to be a great player, not a not uh, you know Jordan, but generational or whatever. But he has a chance to be a great player. I don't know if he will be or not. But they, yeah, they just won the lottery two years ago. So this idea that the the, the woe is me is kind of you know as far as Wembenyama, I don't think it was just not getting him. I'm with you. I think it was not getting a top three pick. Yeah, because they were conditioned to think that they're three players. But you know they've been told a lot of fans have been told. Well, okay, in a lot of other draft years. Scoot Henderson. I mean, there are a lot of basketball people who think he's the best guard prospect uh, in years, right? So, like point guard prospect. Um, but it's just been overshadowed by the hype of of Wembenyama. And I don't know if it's my fault. I mean, yeah, no, he's incredibly talented. But I tried to. I wrote a column the other day trying to lay out the the, the reality of the NBA and how it works year in and year out, and how teams win versus the excitement of somebody that's got so much hype. Occasionally they do work out and occasionally somebody meets that hype. LeBron James is the best example in, the, in modern history of that. Right. I mean, there's well, look at, look at, he the was Warriors. the last guy. Pardon me. The Warriors, right. I mean, what Steph was the, the sixth pick seventh, you know, seventh. Yeah. Pick? Draymond was the second round pick. Second round. Cl- Clay, Clay Thompson was Clay like 11th or 12th. Yeah, know? no, for sure. I mean, of the four teams that are playing right now, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Heat. Only the Celtics are built with high lottery picks, and they didn't have a number one pick. But Jason Tatum is their best player. He was the number two pick. I think Jalen Brown was a lottery pick. But the other three teams are either the Lakers have an unfair advantage, right? Just like the, the just like maybe the Heat. Not I don't know about the Knicks. Maybe wherever players want to go for tax reasons or for just lifestyle reasons, those teams are always going to have an advantage. It's just how it is in free agency and any sports. The Wings benefited from that for a while in the early 2000s. Yep. Right? Yeah. They did. I mean, they, remember when they, they, they had their pick of free agents there for a while. So when Detroit Marianne, is. Marianne Host had turned down the Oilers, I think, to come to the Wings for less yeah, money. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, no. So, that's hockey, so, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Right. So that that's the one sport where that's, they've benefited that from. But, but, the, but the, that's the thing the gap between the excitement. Especially when somebody comes along what, like Wembenyama, that's and that doesn't happen very often. The last time I think it happened was with Zion Williams, and you and I talked about this. Zion Williamson, uh, four years ago, three years ago, four years ago, he was thought of as a, a different, unique kind of player. 
and he's had a lot of injury uh, uh, injuries and had some bad luck with that. And it hasn't yet happened for New Orleans. It, it might still, but um, but yeah, I mean, you got to go back. It's interesting that when Benyama went to the Spurs, there was a lot of Spurs hate last night too. Like, okay, this isn't fair. They got David Robinson, made them really good for a while. Then they <laughs> get Tim Duncan. And he's the last, he's the best last example of those last 25 years of a generational guy at number one, staying with a franchise and winning a bunch of titles. He won five. But uh, it's interesting to me. You got to go all the way back to 97 to see that happen. And then it's the fact that it's the Spurs. Yeah. Right. So maybe yeah. women, Yama went to the best place for, for him in terms of uh, development. How but, long is pop going to stay there? Like till he's 90. Yeah. You, you, you wonder how long he's going to coach. So, so let's, let's, let's talk though for a sec about, um, about the Pistons and what this and what this really means, and I, and I want I want to throw this phrase out, and I wrote this, and I want you to tell me uh, what you think about this. I don't think, I, to me, it's not about lottery luck; it's about draft luck. So, in other words, the the, the Pistons they weren't lucky in the lottery last night; it fell to fifth. But there are going to be three or four players that are going to be available to them more than that if they want to. You know, who knows. But probably three or four players, maybe five, available at number five. One of those players is going to hit. One of those players is going to be really, really good. That's where the luck comes in. You know, you got to get lucky at that sport, spot. If they get the, the, the player out of those four or five players available that may be an all-star, they will be fine. But that's a big if, right? I mean... And 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 that's and that's really you you mentioned the Warriors earlier and Curry and whatever. To me, that you got to get draft luck. Uh, Giannis in Milwaukee, number thirteen. Jokic last night was playing played the the Lakers playing the Nuggets. He was forty one. Troy Weaver mentioned him. What he didn't mention was that Jamal Murray, who's their second best player, who had thirty plus points in their game one win, who's a really really good player. He was drafted at seven. So, to me, it's it's the draft luck, not the lottery luck. Um, yeah, I mean, you can say that. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if Troy would agree with you that it's luck, you know, you, uh, you know, it's, it's skill more. You gotta, you, I think he even said he doesn't believe in luck. Um, you well, know, he was you talking gotta, about the lottery, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta make your own luck really, you know? Um, and I, you know, the thing, the thing with, uh, with these picks is, and I mean, I, 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 here's a question, you know, you would know this better than me, but how much does it depend on the coach? Because, you know, supposedly it's, uh, the, you know, the Pistons need a wing and it's a wing rich draft supposedly. So is that necessarily what you're going to do? Is he going to Troy even said yesterday, he's, he may not keep the pick. He may trade down, right. And, uh, do something else. So, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but how much does it depend on the coach and deciding what system he wants to run? Is it just universally accepted that they have to have a wing or that they need a wing probably higher in the draft, or is that depending on the system the coach runs? I don't know if it depends on the, the system per se. I mean, and, and it's just funny because I wrote this last week, excuse me, this idea that, and you and I have talked about this also, in the NBA to me, the co- coaches matter for sure. But you got to have the players. You, you just do. If you, if you don't have the players in the NBA, you're not going to win. Greg Popovich, who we think of as one of the best coaches in the history of this sport, his team won, what, 20 games last year? He didn't have the players. Yeah. 
right? I mean, you, you can go up and down the you can go up and down the list of the best players. Or excuse me, the best coaches who we think of as the best coaches, and if they don't have the players, and the best coaches will say that. You know, Steve Kerr says, "Look, I'm winning because I've got Steph Curry, yeah. and then also Draymond Green and Clay Thompson." You know, any, any any coach with any kind of humility at all. You know, Dwayne Casey's the coach in the year in Toronto. He's got Demar Rosen, and Fred Van Vliet, and, and Kyle Lowry, and, and a bunch of young good players. And then he comes to the Pistons, and they, you know, they don't have those kind. They don't have the same kind of talent. Yeah. So it it just now that's not to say all coaches are the same. So yeah, they need they need to get the coach right for sure. And the coach can make a difference in culture setting and and lots of stuff. But in terms of the kind of player they need. Well, let me just go back real quickly. Troy, think about, I mean, I mean, going to work, the going to work crew. These are a lot of them were just cast offs, right? They were no, they were. Now a couple you of them are high picks. And you have they were. Now, Chauncey Billups was the number three pick of the draft, right? So there yeah, needs but to be he didn't a work out in Denver. That's how they got him. No, and several in Minnesota, and he played in Boston. He played in Boston for a sec. Um, he was, I think, at three teams before he got here. Uh, Rasheed Wallace was a top four pick, five pick, something like that. I mean, he was a high lottery pick. So yeah, no, you know Ben Wallace is a, it's a great story, and that does happen. But um, but you got to have talent. Well, Troy Weaver, getting back to the, you're right. It does take some skill, but you, it's not just skill. There's luck involved, and they'll all tell you that. And he, what did he say last night? He said, "It's not where you pick. It's you know, are you gonna hit? Are you gonna hit the ball when you get when you get the swing?" Right. I mean, that's really that's really it's not what where it you is. in the order. It's are you going to hit the ball? Yeah, exactly. And the, and that's really really what it is. Although I mean, if you it, have, you know, if you got Aaron Judge hitting behind you, you're probably going to see some better pitches. So I don't know if I love that analogy. Well, I mean, speaking of Aaron Judge and the Yankees, this is not, this is. Let me ask you this: This is another thing I, I wrote about as part of just this larger idea about how many this, plugs are we going to hear about the column you wrote? The about fan this base, like no, the because these one. are no, because this is all what matters in terms of the moment, the reaction, and what people are feeling right now. And this is how the Pistons are going to build to some degree. I don't think it's just the, it's not just the Pistons. So if you go back and look at again, we're not including the Lions, the Tigers, the Wings, the Pistons. How those teams? We talked about the runs they had. How were those teams built? Did any of those teams at any point have a the the top two superstar in their sport? Top two, three superstars? They did not. I mean, maybe Miguel Cabrera as a hitter would be the closest. He oh, yeah. wasn't a, culture, culturally, he wasn't a superstar, though. But um, what are you talking about? Culturally so, so or the, the, skill? The, or? This is how Detroit teams win, though. The pist- So Isaiah Thompson, uh, I hate to re- reference it because I wrote this, but Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and Dennis Rodman <laughs> beat Michael Jordan. Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace beat Shaq and Kobe. Henrik Zetterberg and Paul, Pavel Datsu beat Sidney Crosby. Steve Eiserman and Nicholas Lidstrom, you know, they're, they're trying to beat Wayne Gretzky. The, we... The Wings never had a Gretzky. The Pistons never had a Jordan or a Shaq or a Kobe. The Tigers did have Cabrera, but when they started their run, they were winning with Kenny Rogers and Maglio Ordonez beating Derek Jeter, who was the superstar of the sport, right? that That's Detroit. I mean, I don't, I know it. it's not intentional. It's not like all these teams have gotten together and say, okay, this means this to this city, and this is how we're going to try to win. It's just how it's happened. And that's what the Pistons are going to face now. It's what the Wings face right now, and the Tigers to a degree. The Pistons have three players that could turn into be monsters, especially Jalen Duran. And Jaden and Jaden Ivey has shown the last couple of months he could be really, really good. We don't know yet about Cunningham. He might be really good. But if those guys, if those three hit, they will be a playoff team 
uh, fairly soon. And then it's up to the general manager to fill that out with the right vets and the right role guys. Because in the NBA, the difference between a true, true contender and just a playoff team is, you know, the the, the f- four or five guys after your best two or three players. That's what makes the difference, right? That's why the, the Lakers just beat the Warriors. They're much deeper and they were a better fit than this year's Warriors. So to me, that's, that's Weaver's charge. They got to get this fifth pick right, and then they got to hope that these young guys develop, and they might. And then build around them. So it's not lost at all to me. I think though that I mean the one thing with getting these superstar players, even even though you're setting some examples of you know the Tigers and and the Yankees and the, and the Wings and the you know I mean how, yeah, but how many titles, how many World Series did the Yankees win with Jeter? You know, I mean they happened to lose in the ALCS to the Tigers that year, but they ended up winning they lost them twice, times. actually. But yeah. Or twice. I mean, and the same thing, like, like, you know, your other favorite sport, hockey, and your favorite only player you probably know in the NHL, but Connor McDavid is same thing there with the Oilers is they haven't had a lot of playoff success, but they're all, they're, they're perennially kind of a, maybe not the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, but they're pretty, they're almost always the favorite to get to the Western Conference finals because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, and you have elite players you're going to be in the mix, you know? And to me, that's that's kind of, nobody's ever going to say, we have this player and we're going to win the championship because of this. It's very unlikely, like the LeBrons out there, you know, like it's unlikely. Um, but if you have really good players, like you said, talent, really excellent talent, you're going to be in the mix. You know, you're going to be, you know, even with the Red Wings, you know, Datsuk and, and, and Zetterberg and, you know, I mean, those are really good players. Oh, they're, so they're, they're great players. But they're, great players. They're, and they weren't, great yeah, players. they weren't Wayne Gretzky. They weren't Sidney Crosby, whatever. But that's, but that's, that's a relation. Be, but that's, they were ex- really good players. Exactly. But that's my point about Wembenyama. You don't have to have Tim Duncan. It was sure a helps, though. I mean, th- there's almost no chance that the, the Spurs are going to have Wembenyama and they're not going to have playoff success. It's almost inconceivable unless he gets the, hurt. Well, or he's just, I don't know, he shot 29% from three last year. I mean, maybe that doesn't develop, right? So that puts a little cap on what he is. And that was from the European line, which is shorter against much weaker defense. So who knows? I mean, look, I'm not saying he's not going to be the next great player in the the face of the league. I mean, he may well be. but um, And the Spurs are a great organization in terms of team building and all that kind of thing. So you would figure they'll maximize everything around him. Um, They've already got a couple of good young players despite all the losing last year. So and they got one of the best coaches ever. So that that no, for sure, that all helps. What I'm and saying don't forget, though is one thing with these with these generational talents in any sport, you get a guy like that, free agents want to come to your team. I want to play with this to guy. To a degree, right? no, to to a degree depends on who it is. But yeah, to, it, it depends on the nature of that personality. You know, there's that there's a lot that goes into that. So it depends on who it is. There's no question that that kind of transcendent player can change a franchise. But back to the wings for a second, they were good and relevant with a bunch of really, really good players, some great players, but not the best player in hockey. And that, and, and, and that's the, the Pistons were the same. You know, the Tigers didn't win the title, but they were sort of the same for a bit. And you could argue that later on when they did have a couple of the, arguably the best pitcher in the league and the best hitter in the league, you know, they, that wasn't quite enough. So there's no guarantee even with that. But, it's funny, but Detroit does have a history of having teams really being really, really good for a sustained period of time without 
the couple of marquee players in their sport. In other words, there are lots of ways to win. And that's what I was right in relation to not getting Wembenyama. It's not the end of the franchise. You know, I, I think people, I, I don't think casual Pistons fans have any idea how Jay Nivey might be, right? And, I, you know, he, he, he might be. We'll glimpse, see. But he hasn't played but, with Cade that much. No, and, that, and that's a problem. Oh, the last time I saw him play in person, it was against Miami Heat, who were in the conference finals in early April. And Eric Spolster was double teaming him in the fourth quarter because they couldn't stop him because of his pull-up jumper off the bounce from mid-range, which is not something he ever showed at Purdue or the first part of the season. And you're thinking, okay, if he's going to do that, and he started getting a little bit better defensively, the decision-making got a little bit better. This is a rookie. If he started to show some of those things late in the year, and he's getting doubled, now part of it is because Cunningham's hurt and Bogdanovich wasn't playing, so they're it was smart by Spolster to do that, but that that says a little something. Spolster, after that game, said, this is special young talent. And he showed that the last six weeks. I mean, this guy's got a, got potential. Again, it's just potential. He's got all-league potential. Uh, you know, Cunningham, maybe. Duran, certainly, at his position. That's three guys. If they all hit, they could be good for a long time. So you're saying that Ivy was showing this little elevated step of, of of progressing a little bit toward the end of the season, right? Absolutely. Then, yeah. So this is, by the way, to the to the listener out there, this is Sean's low-key pitch to Kirkland Crawford or boss to, I have to go see this develop more in, in Vegas at Summer League. I don't know so that Ivy will. This is really why he's making the point. I don't know that Ivy will play in Vegas. So, no, no, no. I, no I, Kirk's yeah, going to hear that. Don't no, I don't. Him. In fact, he was asked about that in his exit interviews if he was going to play Summer League ball. And he's like, I don't know. I could tell he probably didn't want to. But uh, no, but he's a worker too, right? So, look, I, it's just it's disappointing when there's somebody potentially that transcendent. I mean, we're not just talking about a star; we're talking about somebody who might be the next LeBron in terms of being the face of the league. And Detroit just hasn't had in any sport hasn't had that player really. I mean, yeah. again, Cabrera is probably the closest. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, you got to go. <laughs> Which you saw him play. I mean, you saw him yeah, play. Right. I mean, but Carlos, seriously, right? That, and that's the thing. Detroit's never really had that experience of having. Gordy. Gordy was that player. Th- yeah, you'd probably have to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe Cabrera. He was the best hitter in the game for a while, right? Yeah, but he wasn't transcendent. No, you he know, wasn't. the way like. Uh, even even uh, uh, Jackson. Uh, Al- Albert uh, Pujols was, right? Or, yeah. yeah, or certainly Reggie Jackson, yeah. So I think that I think people were wanting that, and then as a consolation, by wow, there's another couple of good prospects here that are, you know, one of them would be the number one pick in a lot of drafts, and we didn't even get to sniff them, right? So, right. I think I think if they had, were two or three right now, you'd have a very different reaction. People yeah. be feeling a lot different today. Yes, if it was close, but <laughs> just so it's not even close. It's like, oh man, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it look, was fun. Let's... It was fun to read that. You know what? And this is what I saw in comments on 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 my story and Omari Sankofa's story uh, on Twitter. You know, it's like I'm I I I didn't see this till after I was done writing, which I wrote kind of the same thing that uh, I'm I'm done kind of with this team it's it's really depressing um but a lot of people are saying I'm, that's it i'm out and people are also you know the whole, i think this is why omari wrote the story about it's not a rigged uh system i was there in chicago 
uh, which is smart to write that. But I think people automatically, the conspiracy theories come out and it's rigged and whatever. I made a yeah, joke about they- wanting a recount, but but you just, I mean, the, the, the anger there, you know, and I, I do doubt when people say, ah, I'm not going to watch anymore or whatever. Like, oh, you, of course yeah, you no, care too just, much. They're just popping off and forgetting that they won the lottery two years ago. Right, so yeah, it is popping up. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to talk some lines mini cap, mini camp, and uh, rookie mini camp, rookie mini camp. Sorry, you're right. There's a big difference, and uh, uh, I got one more quick thought on the on the Pistons. But uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Okay, you mentioned before the break, Carlos, that <laughs> joking about how people were out. I saw a lot of the same reaction last night. It's rigged. It's funny, forgetting that, uh, again, they won the lottery two years ago. And all of a sudden now Cage is just a good player. When we have no idea what kind of player he is. But this is not – patience is not a friend of sports fans. And, and we're grateful for that, right? So or we, probably, we probably wouldn't have, you know, jobs if there were – if everybody was super, super patient. In, in in sports fandom. But talking about people who are saying they're out, okay, it, and, and I did see some folks reacting in social media last night about how it doesn't matter, you know, the Pistons either need to move or whatever, they're the fourth most important team in the in the market, the fifth most, even making the joke that they're the Wait, fifth most way, I love when people say they need to move because they're just going to get some magical owner with a better franchise. Like, no, there's not going to be a team here for a while. Right, no, there's there's a lot of frustration with Tom Gores because it has not gone well in his tenure, the owner of the Pistons, and 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 that's fine, and that's fair, and that's obviously part of this, but... um. But to say that you're out and say the Pistons don't matter, that's actually not true. This is a one of the great basketball towns in this in this in this country. And the numbers, despite what some folks out there who want to piss on the NBA, despite, you know, for whatever reason, we don't need to go into all those reasons, but despite that, you know, the Pistons were top six or seven in attendance this past year with a seventeen win team. The Miami Heat uh, game I was at in early April, when they'd won or lost excuse me, lost 22 out of 23 games. They had 12, 13,000 people there, and they were on their feet in the fourth quarter. It was, it's, it's sort of crazy. Now, there are definitely some nights you go and the Charlotte Bobcats are there and, and oh, excuse me, Hornets. God. <laughs> and uh, they used to be the Bobcats before they were the Hornets. Anyway, they, the atmosphere was, I leaned over to a, co- a colleague at one point. I'm like, this is kind of crazy, isn't it, that, this team is this bad, and they're still kind of – Detroit loves basketball. They love the Pistons, and when the Pistons are good, it's not like the Lions, but there but certainly is – I mean, we can just judge by our own interest in what we write about, you know. There was a lot more buzz and interest with this draft than there was a week ago with the NHL lottery. It's just, it just – the, the NBA has a little broader appeal. Now, you could argue, the, are the Tigers number two? Probably. Oh, but yeah. when the Pistons are when the Pistons are really good, I mean the Palace had had the best one of the best atmospheres in in the NBA, and a little Caesars will too if they get really really good. But to say people are out when the numbers don't back that up just from this past year, right? I don't know how, if you went to a game yeah, or but not. There's but. A, there's attendance, and then there's there's TV viewership and general interest and. You know, we both know that the Pistons stories, you know, on our website don't do as well. You know, I mean, I can we can go to a Tigers game and write almost anything, you know, something that happened from the game or a trend or something from the opposing team or whatever it is. It'll do reasonably well. And the this Tigers time of the not. year, 
this yeah, time, this time of the year, year and the team is not good. Um, it's, it's okay. It's, but the Pistons, you know, unless you have something really interesting about just showing up at a, for a random Washington bullets or Charlotte Bobcats game, you Winters, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, if you're going Bobcats, I'm going bullets. Um, yeah, that, you know, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna see a lot of, uh, readership off of that. Um, so that's where you do need a team. It doesn't have to be a great team, but it has to be somewhat competitive. And I think we, you have to pick your spots of, you know, when they were, when they were, you do. Uh, who was yeah, the you player do. they added that, uh, I forget his name. Wait, what's it, who? The Pistons player who they added, who, uh, when this past year? Yeah, you went. You wrote a column about. Oh, him. James uh, Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiseman, yeah, in his debut and all that. And yeah, uh, there was interest in that. Yeah, um, I mean, you have to pick your spots. You have to be. We have no, to be judicious. So no, for sure. But the but the fan and the attendance and the fans and there is especially on Twitter. I mean, Pistons Twitter is a heck of a place. But um, and this is with a really really bad team. So it it it's a great NBA town. It's just they haven't been good for a good long while. And we were kind of robbed of seeing what they might be as a fun young team this past year because they lost Cade Cunningham and then Isaiah Stewart ended up getting hurt and, and then they sat the vets toward the end of the season during that losing streak. But you know, I don't I don't think they were a seventeen win team last year. If they're healthy the whole year, you know, 25. maybe they're twenty four maybe they're twenty four, twenty five win team, twenty six, twenty seven, eight even. And because yeah. just, they didn't just lose their best player, they lost the leader and a guy that connects and all that. So maybe they even win 28, nine games. And then you're looking at, okay, that's not a, to get from there to a play in is not a huge leap at 17. There's a psychology to that, right? It's, it's just bad. It's almost yeah. historically bad. Yeah. But even, even at 25 games, I mean, you're, you're still a ways away from being competitive in the playoffs, right? I mean, making any kind of oh, run for sure. No, for sure. No question, but I, it, like in all sports, having a fun young team. But I think there's something about the NBA because you can see the players and you you identify with them in a way. Um, when you got a fun young NBA team and you can see that there's potential there, that creates its own kind of buzz. And they haven't had that in a while, and they haven't. They still have a chance to have this this next year. Not be a, a contender, obviously, or even a team that can get out of the first round, or even a team that can get to the re- regular playoffs. But if they can push towards a, a play in and and have nights where they beat occasionally beat the best teams in the league at at home. Yeah. Um, that that'll create a little buzz. Or for sure. Yeah, absolutely. New coach, everything. Yeah, right, right. And see these young, you know, getting Cunningham back. Just just that'll be a curiosity. So and then whoever they take, you know, they're not gonna get any kind of star player, but maybe that player ends up being good. All right. Enough about uh enough about the Pistons. You wanted to talk about the Super Bowl bound. Detroit Lions. Oh, off, all the hype, all the hype that I missed because I was I dared to be like off for a few days and I didn't go to rookie minicamp. And our uh, our trusty correspondent Sean Windsor and Dave Burkett getting uh, who was the who was the conductor on the hype train? Was it you? Were you were you shoveling the coal in the into the steam engine and and Burkett was the the driver? Or were you the uh, was it the other way around? Because you guys were taking turns uh, driving the hype. No, 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 no. We're not really driving any hype. We're just reacting to what's there. And um, guys running around in their underwear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, no, just the, just the, just the buzz in the feel of the place. It's just it's it's weird to, to have that much. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a real thing. It's a weird. <laughs> and if you if you played sports that weren't individual sports where you had to rely on other human beings, you would know that. Um, 
baseball is kind of a collection. Myself, Sean, and my yeah, caddy. Collection. Yeah, Does baseball the caddy count? is baseball is a collection of of individuals. <laughs> Although you're a coach, so you should you should. That's uh, right. You should you should start leaning. I into coached this a the free more. press softball team, and uh, by the way, I, I I hate to toot my own horn, but the one game I coached, we were one and zero. No, that's great. Like own four since then, so I no, that's great. I'm sure that as a coach, you discard everything you try to write. You know, you know what I mean. Like you, your your actual self as a coach. Is that fair? (laughs) I'm just brutal on them, man. I bench guys. I've almost I've almost pulled Elric's our pitcher. I've almost like pulled him several times. No mercy. I'm like the uh, I'm like Tom Landry. Like I I'd uh, I'd sub the quarterbacks in every other series if I could. Really. Yeah, why not? That's it's about that's me. Interesting. It's about the coaching. No, no, no. It's just, it's just kind of crazy that here we are, rookie minicamp, and and um, I don't know. Part of part of it's the schedule too that came out. They're opening with Kansas City on the road, so you know the players were talking about that. I think Campbell referenced that, so that that adds a little bit. You know, if they were if they were opening it against the Panthers. Let's just stay in Charlotte since we've been mention- mentioning be Michigan Charlotte. Panthers, but okay, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte then, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Panthers. people would still be super excited, but that adds to it a little bit, right? The, the, the defending. Well, it says, right? I mean, that was Burkett's hype is what does this say? This means the schedule makers expect them to be a Super Bowl team. And, you know, the, the hype's there Thursday night. Well, I don't know about a Super Bowl team, but no, but, the, but there are business decisions made by the, the networks with a lot of money that are banking on the Lions being a fun, interesting team. And that's why they got the opening Thursday night against Kansas City. And then no, have, that's, uh, this two, is, other, two other nights, I want to say, too. Yeah, a Monday is, night game and a, maybe another Thursday night game. This is low-key. Them, the league basically saying, you know, hey, we're not saying this, but maybe this is the Super Bowl t- champ, you know, matchup, NFC team and AFC team here. And you know they're going to say it on the broadcast. So could we be seeing the Super Bowl preview? And you'll be writing that, I'm sure, you know. No, no, no. It. No, no. The, the, the network's not doing that. The, I mean, come on. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Are you They're crazy? smart football people. They're not going to say they're better than Philly and San Francisco. They got, no, the no, no, they're not going to say that. They're saying who could be a Super Bowl no, matchup. No, they're going to say it could be a playoff team, right? I mean, that's what – they were a fun story with a really endearing, charismatic coach who f- photographs well on the sideline. And um, so he's good for TV, right? I mean, that's that's what this is about. That's, that's, it's that's TV, all that is. but it's TV because people care about it and because people are – you know, you, you and Briquette are saying 11 wins, 12 wins, whatever you're saying, you know, and forget about Jamison Williams and all that. Uh, he doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, that's it's the hype. They're going where the hype is. Yeah, no, well, he didn't matter in their eight and two stretch last year. So, no, he, he matters in that he might change uh, change the ceiling of their offense a little bit. I mean, who knows? All right. Well, let I, me ask you about let me ask you. About, I don't know, man. You don't know. Let, let, let's let's get to you were there. I was not. What, what was the most impressive part about who, which player, or what was the most? Impressive I, know, part I mean, how, I, 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 how are you going to make judgments based on uh, guys running around in shorts with no pads? I, and, yeah, I mean, all consider sure. I mean, there are a few things you can see. A couple things that you can see, I guess. Like you can see speed and Sam Laporta. I mean, it caught everybody's attention. The, the tight end out of Iowa because of how well he ran and just how fluid he ran and change of direction a little bit. You know, you can see that at Iowa, he had a little wiggle and I mean, he was one of the better 
uh, yards after the catch guys in in the Big Ten and in the country actually as a tight end. But mm-hmm. so you know those are those are just facts out there that you can see, but still see him in person and seeing him run the way he he can run. Um, so that that stood out a little bit. I don't know how that'll translate to a game, but uh, you can see the speed. It's a really uh, good else? tight end from Iowa who has a lot of skill and might make a Pro Bowl. And then Brad Holmes will trade him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It really hurt him, didn't it? And um, it did. in, in Charlotte, it hurt him. They could have made the playoffs. No, in Charlotte, it hurt him because they gave up 330 yards. Yeah. On the and if they'd had more offense to match them, they would have made, and you know, they would have made the playoffs in that one. He game. didn't necessarily, their, their offense was fine without him. It, I, you know, I don't, I don't think. Uh, it's a shootout. They needed more weapons. It wasn't quite oh, a shootout. They had, they had a fumble. Down in the red zone, I remember it was it was a fumble. I think on a snap exchange. I'm trying to remember a handoff. I can't remember if it was a handoff or the snap exchange. Anyway, yeah, no, there were some other things that had nothing to do with DJ Hawkinson. But but um, you like they Jack, traded him Jack Campbell? Do you like Jack Campbell? He was. I mean, it's hard. I mean, that's especially hard to tell. What stands out about him is when you talk to him and he doesn't smile and he's he's. Uh, He's just intense, my goodness. So who knows what that what that means? He's long and he's big for a linebacker, and he can also run. He's very athletic, so you can see the athleticism a little bit. But you know, again, nobody's tackling anybody. Is there anybody who's other than the linemen who are not athletic in football? Do you think? Uh, it's all. Re- I mean, everybody's in the NFL is athletic, but it's right. it's it's relative. We're talking about relative athleticism. Mm-hmm. Compared to other linebackers, compared, I mean, you know, not all cornerbacks okay. are right. Not all receivers are the same. Nobody, not everybody runs like Jamison Williams. You know this. Not the same with the running backs, quarterbacks especially. Um, Jared Goff is not super athletic relative <gasps> to the relative to the athletic athleticism at the quarterback spot in the NFL. That's what we're talking. How dare you? You know what I mean? Uh, Broderick Martin, the defensive tackle from Western Kentucky, is that where he's from? He sure. is. Uh, He's massive. I don't know if he can play or move or oh, whatever. He's, he's like three hundred and thirty or something and, like that, right? And so, tall, yeah. And no, and six five, six, six four, six five. No, he's a big. Wow. Yeah. When when you hear NFL coaches say, "Wow, he's big," then you know somebody's big, right? Because they're used to <laughs> yeah. being around big people. It's sort of funny, but now, those uh, yeah, are the they, those are the athletes, the nose tackle, three hundred and thirty pound nose tackles who can move. I yeah, don't know how and they I can don't, do it. He doesn't move like uh, who, who's a good uh, Sean Rogers, you said, yeah, or Sue. No, he doesn't move like that. But uh, but he's big, you know. I don't know. Uh, who knows? We'll see. I know they they like him, but I think he's got some potential. But uh, your favorite, yeah, no, I would say I would say I mean, Gibbs, Gibbs Gibbs didn't play, so right. I would have liked to seen him out there and see that speed. Who's the favorite quarterback? Your your quarterback of the future. Your your uh, your next Hall of Fame Lions quarterback, and then Hooker. Yeah, he didn't play either. But um, obviously, you know, he's coming off an ACL tear. And what was he like? What, what would you, you talk to him? Who, who, who knows when he's going to be ready? Uh, got a nice smile. That, that's what that's what I'll say about him. What is this? He's a got date, a, a blind date, or something? He's got a combination of a nice smile and sort of a nice, easy confidence and low key swag and charisma. And um, and he does. He's got he's got some charisma, but he just it's the way he talks about the game, um, the way he talks about the team. He's got all that quarterback talk down already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. You know they get trained. I mean, obviously they get trained. Any good coach at the, at, at the college level. 
he's also a little bit older. That that helps for sure. But uh, yeah, no, he was he as Dave Burkett, our colleague, said he's got that it factor, and he does. I don't know if he can play, but uh, but you know how it is you're around certain people. You just okay, you can see. Yeah, they'd want they'd want to follow him. So I don't know, man. I, I liked uh, Branch too. I like talking to him for the the nickelback slot back safety hybrid defensive back from Alabama. I think uh, I think they think they've got at least two starters, maybe three starters, and four people that will play. You know, in Laporta Campbell, who will start. Laporta probably should start. Gibbs, who if not starting, he'll be sharing plays with uh, or sharing handoffs with uh, or huddles with uh, Montgomery, Dave Montgomery. You're you're questioning whether Laporta will start? No, no, he he, he should start. Okay, okay. Campbell will surely start, um, and Gibbs will get close to starter snaps for a running back. And then uh, Branch should see some time. I doubt he starts. but um, So, yeah, if, if they can get four starters or guys that are playing a lot out of a rookie draft, then that's not bad, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Kind of what they similar to what they got last year. What do you think? Are you are you going to start getting negative? At what point is the optimism from the Lions fan base going to start pissing you off till you start trying to tamp it down? <laughs> now. It starts now. No, no, or, no. It's or are you going to be real and let them start losing before you start doing that? No, I think, I, you know, it's the same every year. There's so much, uh, you know, it's, it's the first chance you see players, new players, like a new toy that you open at Christmas or whatever. It's like you're excited about it, even if it's a pair of socks, it's a new pair of socks. So everybody's overhyped. Everybody thinks they're, you know, these are amazing players. And, and uh, you know, um, it's fine. I mean, that's that's what it's about. Uh, early season excitement. Um you know, the new guys, what can they do? We'll see, you know, when, once they, once you have full training camp and the rookies are mixed in with the veterans, you know, and they start putting the pads on, then you really see the difference. I mean, everything, everything until then does not really matter that much. I mean, just think of, uh, uh, what's his name? Rodrigo last year, right? It's like, not until they put the pads on, did you really see what he could do? diagnosing plays, reacting, being in the right spot, you know, making hits, that kind of stuff. I mean, you saw the quickness, but you see the quickness a lot in some of these, in a lot of these players, the Twitch, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, um, fun. It's fun. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad I, 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 uh, I was bummed that I was going to miss, uh, the first camp. Um, I always like to go out there for that. So, It'll be, I'll have, I'll have my chances. They're beginning the OTAs. Uh, I think we're going to be talking to the coaches and stuff next week um, yep. and start seeing a little bit of, I don't think we see practices. I don't know if we get access to that, but, um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It's the start. Um, and it's, uh, it's promising, you know, it's, it'd be fun to, to have something a little bit different and see how they do. And maybe they get on a run. Maybe they pick up where they left off. Um, but yeah, the excitement's here. The expectations are here. Um, it uh, it's going to be very interesting this this spring and summer. It should be. I think I think part of the fun too, and the hype and the hope is is to bring it back full circle, related to just where the Pistons and the Wings and the Tigers are. Right? I mean, the Tigers are showing a little bit of life right now, but um, 
Right. So, so the Lions have, have, it's not just that the NFL's king and the Lions are the most popular team in town. It's also right now that they're filling a void that's been there for almost a decade. So that's, uh, so people are just so ready to latch on to anything that's going to, that's going to be, uh, potentially fun and, and, uh, and, and start winning and team is going to start winning. So I think that's part of it too. All right. We, uh, we need to take one more break and then come back and wrap this show up. Um, we will have in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll get Amari Sankofa, our Pistons beat writer. We'll get somebody in here. Hopefully it's Amari to, to delve into more about what the player, what the players that are available at number five, uh, who the Pistons should take, why they should take them to fit and all that. You, and you can do your tape study on Cam Whitmore, Villanova's, uh, forward. I didn't get to see him play. Villanova played Michigan State earlier this year, but Whitmore was hurt. Um, I saw I didn't see him play in person. But yeah, but do your homework on uh, Amon Thompson, uh, Jarris Black, who's not quite a wing. He's more of a forward for Houston. Yeah, so the next time we talk, we get some draft people in here. Not the next time, but within the next few weeks, right? We'll, we'll do some draft stuff. Is it Just, Amon or Amon Thompson? Because they couldn't, they couldn't decide on ESPN. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think Amon, but maybe it is Amon. We'll have to figure that out. That's yeah. definitely that's definitely something we'll have to figure out. Omar so, can figure that out. He can unscramble it for us. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're not smart enough for that for sure. But um all right. So yeah, we'll 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 do some we'll do some tape study. How about that? You we'll can put on your you, you can put on your analyst hat, take off your fan hat, put on your analyst hat. Oh, we're gonna be talking tape. elevator screens and switches no, 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 and no. backdoor cuts. No, that's no, that's not what was uh, it? Step back don't dribble. Conf- don't conflate. Uh, don't conflate strategy and sets and mm-hmm. how things are run versus individual uh, abilities and skills and talents. Those are two different things. So you'll put your analyst hat on, take your fan hand off, right? Sure. Okay, that sounds good. All right, let's take one more last or one last quick break, and we'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson and Sean. Carlos, it's that time of the, the show. It's your favorite thing. It's my favorite thing that you get to steal for your favorite thing. Um, I, I borrow it. I borrow, borrow it. It's it. a, yeah. a little friendlier than stealing. Yeah. So my favorite thing was, um, as you know, Sean, I was uh, in North Carolina for my dad's funeral. And um, the nice thing about this was, unfortunately, people always say, right, we only come together, family comes together as you get older for funerals and weddings. Uh, so we haven't, we're kind of past the wedding stage, you know, everybody's gotten married. Um, but the grandkids are too young to get married, but, uh, but it was good to see some, a uh, couple of my uncles showed up and one of them showed me some pictures. He, my, they grew up in a really small, a rural, uh, mining town, gold, um, gold mine town in Mexico. And, my uncle and another cousin had taken pictures of the town and they found some kind of archival photos of the town from in the fifties, you know, when they were growing up there. And my uncle told me, he showed me this picture of like, Oh, this is where your dad worked as the, the, uh, electricity, you know, station. And this is where the mine was. And he told me a story about that, that I'd never heard before that at one point, you know, Pancho Villa, the famous, uh, revolutionary, uh, guerrilla, you know, fighter, uh, had come into the town and had, um, hung some people 
some of the higher ups who worked for the gold mine and then used dynamite to blow up, you know, parts of the mine so that they would be inoperable. Couldn't help. Uh, I don't know what it was, something to do with uh, making money and sustaining, helping the government. Part of it was terrorism probably too, but, but, uh, Panchavi is this larger than life figure in, in Mexican culture. And I'd never heard that. I, um, and that's one of those things that you don't get to hear those things until you are around people. And soon those stories will be gone. You know, if they're not passed down, uh, in the oral tradition from, you know, uncle to nephew to cousin to whatever, uh, those stories are all lost. My dad never told me that story. So, uh, it was cool to hear something about where he grew up, even though I know I've heard a lot about where he grew up, but something different that I hadn't heard. And, you know, all the years that uh, that I'd known about him growing up there. And I visited that town a long time ago, too. So uh, that was my favorite thing, reconnecting with family and hearing some some cool new things about uh, my dad and his and his uh, upbringing. Oh, that's really lovely. Thank you. That's, uh, that's really nice. It's fun how you get to hear, when you get to hear stories like that, especially after you lose a, lose a parent, lose anybody, really, and then you, and then you find out things you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that, because you can then take those things and you can carry those things with you. And it's, it's, it's it's like you 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 you've lost them, but you you gain a little piece that you never knew you had in a way, and uh, I I find I find that really uh, meaningful and and frankly helpful, you know, during the during the uh, the grieving process as you move as you move on, um, not that you ever truly move on, but yeah, that's really nice, Carlos. Uh, I would say my favorite thing probably should be the fact that my boys asked me last week if I could make sure that Carlos. You came over here during the fall uh, on a way trip when when uh, neither of you, neither of us, have the Lions. They said, "Can Carlos come back and watch a Lions game with us this this uh, this fall? Aww. We'd really, we'd really, we'd really like that." And I said, "I will see if we can make that. <laughs> <laughs> I will see if they can make that." So I, I thought that was really nice. That is nice. It, I'll, uh, well, I'll be there for the Kansas City game, and you'll be in Kansas City, of course, covering the team. Uh, who I'll knows? Who, who knows? I mean, and, and maybe Mitch is just going to – maybe it's just going to be you and me home for all the away games, and uh, it'll be oh, Mitch. Yeah. You know? that's that's. No, that, I'm going to be home with Sam and Jake eating chimichangas from Taco Bell. You that'd watch. be fine. Chimichangas, that's – wow. That's funny. Um uh, so that that'd be that'd be a quick favorite thing. But the, the, other, the other favorite thing I should mention is that my, my sister-in-law lives in one of them. She lives, the one who lives in Montana was in town for a few days, and really, um, you know, we've we've had some health issues around here, some physical issues, really, that have prevented some of the normal outdoor stuff, and just even keeping up with the house and so forth. But my sister-in-law wanted to come and help uh, with, the, with the vegetable garden, which we didn't quite get in, but just kind of tidy and plant some things and. She just she she can't she's got an incredible green thumb and she came to help do some of that stuff but then just sort of almost took over the household in a way, and um, just doing little chores I'd turn around and the dishwasher would be unloaded or whatever and these are things that I've been you know been doing for a while, um, because of some some health and physical stuff that's going on here. In any case, it just it was she was like an angel. I mean you know just doing stuff. It reminded me of when my boys were really young and my mom would come to visit and she didn't just come to, to play with the baby or hold the baby all of a sudden, then something was done or wiped or cleaned or, you know, it just, it just would happen. I was just like, Oh my God. It, it reminded me of that a little bit, which is a long time ago. But, uh, you know, when somebody else comes in and does stuff, flies across the country to do something like that, 
just, you know, I know you try to help people. I, I, I do the same. I'll pay it forward all the time. But, but uh, to receive that, especially when you're a little stuck, you know, you can get in a rut sometimes, right? If you're not feeling up to certain things. And so uh, that would be my favorite thing. Kind of my sister-in-law came in for a few days and kind of helped unstick a few things. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm very, very grateful. Oh, that's really nice. So who, who are we thinking? Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know. If Kirk is, is, did he put his name on the podcast yet? It's probably coming. Three first words with Kirk, Carlos, Sean, and Kirk. Um, but Kirkland Crawford, our, uh, executive producer and well I'm, I, you know what I, I'm sorry well I have to mention him because he's our boss but Robin Chan is our producer he's actually the guy who does really the, everything yeah we can't all do of, this without all Robert no, yeah, no he does everything just, yeah. we're just talking monkeys without yeah well, without of Robert. course we're nothing without Robin and, and if Kirk wants to put his name on it you know it's fine yeah, you, it's coming try not to always be worried about losing something I mean I, I, one of these days I want to figure out where in your childhood that comes from and I'm, I'm not dismissing that no, sure was fine until, yeah, until I kind of came on the podcast and Sean took it over. Um, and uh, our our also executive producer, no, yeah, executive producer and interim editor, Anjana Delgado. But of course, most importantly, you, the listener, who make this all possible. We need one more thing from the from the listener, Sean. What do we need from them? We need them to uh, wherever they find their favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple. They need to to subscribe to uh to rate us you know give us a five-star rating or or whatever rating you want really we, we can't tell you what to do but uh that would be that would be sweet right and by the way one of my cousins i saw at the funeral said she subscribed to the podcast so she was i haven't heard of i haven't heard much of it but i subscribed to it i said good give us a rating too <laughs> yeah well she she didn't want to hear me so i don't blame her she just muted she, all the parts with you, yeah, which is most of it. Well, today, yeah, because of the, the topics, and you were you were quiet today. It's because yeah. I don't know basketball. I don't know. The no, it's, it's okay. All the, all the jargon talk that you get into. I know. Next next time, yeah, it's jargon. Next time, uh, next time, uh, yeah, like we're lawyers. Next next week, we'll do hockey, and I'll just sit quietly. It's, it's better. We'll do highlight. That, too. We can do that, too. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's get folks out of here. It's good to have you back, man. Thanks, Sean. All right. Until uh, until next time, we will uh, we'll be back with more free press sports with Carlson Shaw.